Hello and welcome to the MLM Student Podcast. My name is Chuck Holmes. I'll be your host today. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me on these. As a real quick disclaimer, individual results will vary. Everything I'm going to talk about to you today is just my opinion. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a financial advisor. Today's episode is about the common MLM business expenses. One of the reasons some people join our industry is that so that they can have their own home-based business and they can maximize the tax advantages, the tax deductions that the IRS gives people who are business owners. So this, in my opinion, is one good reason to do network marketing or to have any type of home-based business is to legally minimize your taxes. I do believe everyone should pay their fair share. No one should try to cheat, but everyone should try to maximize what they can legally deduct, and they should educate themselves about what they can and can't deduct with a good CPA, a good bookkeeper. With that being said, what I've done is a bunch of research. I've gone through the IRS Schedule C from the 1040 and talk a little bit about my own personal experience about some of the common expenses you might have in your business that you can deduct. Once again, please consult with your CPA just to verify this information. The first thing is advertising expense. If you are promoting your business with any type of paid ads, such as newspaper ads, magazine ads, postcards, printing flyers, samples, pay-per-click ads, solo ads, business cards, buying shares in an advertising co-op, drop cards, those would all be examples of an advertising expense. Pretty cool. The next thing would be business education. This could be books that you buy about network marketing to improve your skills, courses you purchase, seminars paid business coaching, just keep in mind it has to be related to your business. You wouldn't write off a book about geology that you bought, but if you bought a book about network marketing to improve your skill, that would count. Pretty simple. Hopefully that makes sense. The next thing is gifts. This is one of those gray areas, but legally you can deduct up to $25 per person that you give a gift to each year. Now, it has to be a business related, such as a team member, a client, a prospect, a customer, has to be someone related to the business. And the purpose of the gift should be related to the business. If you can prove that, what I would do is I would write that right on the receipt. I gave this to my gift to my customer, Will, for ordering six months in a row. This is a $25 Amazon gift card. Boom. Pretty simple. The next one is your home office. Now, your home office can be a really cool deduction. It's something you definitely want to get educated on. But your home office would include a percentage of your electric bill, your home insurance, your HOA fees, water and sewage, home repairs, pest control. Just keep in mind, these expenses are prorated based upon the business use of your home or your apartment. So if you have one dedicated room for your business and there's eight rooms in your apartment or in your house, then about 12% of all of those expenses would be deductible as a tax deduction. Pretty cool. It can really add up to a lot. And save you a lot of money the next thing would be an interest expense now this isn't very common for all network marketers but if you took out a loan specifically for your business or you have a credit card that you use specifically for your business and you get interest on that you can deduct that the next thing is licensing and fees this would include lawyer fees tax software or accountant fees your business license to give you a simple example I use TurboTax when I do my taxes and I can deduct a percentage of my tax fees, not all of it, but a percentage of it for my home business. 
The next one is meals and entertainment. This is where some people start to do some crazy things and they get themselves in trouble. Most of the meals and entertainment are subject to a 50% limit. Other meals and entertainment expenses are subject to a 100% limit. So make sure you educate yourself on which ones are 50%, which ones are 100%. But an example would be you have a home party and you invite, invite over 10 people to have a party plan and sell the products. Or you take a team member out to lunch and you pay for it. Or you go have a cup of coffee with the prospect to talk to them about the business or the products and you pay for both coffees. Another common expense would be your office supplies. This would be examples could include pens, paper, notepads, ink cartridge for your printer, anything office related that you use for your business. The next one is phone and internet. This would include a business phone, your internet expense, and these would be prorated based upon the business use. The next one would be postage. Postage would be your stamps to mail postcards, postage to send out samples to people, postage for thank you notes, postage to ship products to customers, postage if you do a thank, I already said thank you note, if you do a handwritten note to someone, anything you mail that's business related would count under postage. The next one is travel. And your travel expenses would be if you went to an event, if you went to meet with a client, if you had a business meeting somewhere, you can deduct your lodging, your food, airfare, taxi or Uber or Lyft, shuttle service. Just remember, if the trip is not 100% business related, you can only prorate the deductions based off the percentage of the trip that was business related. The next one is vehicle. Vehicle expense can save you a lot of money. I had someone tell me once, get an old car, get it paid off, and put a lot of miles on it. Uh, that are business related. That's how you would maximize the vehicle expense. But you can deduct either the standage mileage deduction or you can keep accurate records of your repairs and maintenance, your gas, your insurance, your tolls, the interest you paid on it. What you really want to do is get a vehicle mileage log and every time that you get in your car just update your mileage log and write down the business purpose of the travel and how many miles it was and if you do that, it makes your bookkeeping, your record keeping a lot easy, a lot easier. You really want to do your homework. What I just covered is probably 90 to 95% of the common expenses, business expenses that is for network marketers. The real key to success is to educate yourself. A good CPA is worth every penny that you can do. Make sure you do your homework. You Educate yourself about what the IRS lets you legally deduct and not deduct. And keep in mind, it can change every year. They do create new laws each year, so you want to stay up with that or have a good advisor who stays up with that. What I suggest you do also is keep a monthly profit and loss statement. What I do, it's pretty simple. I have a little basket in my office. Every business receipt that I get or even ones I'm unsure about, I put them in that basket throughout the month. At the end of the month, on the first day of the following month, I take all my receipts out, I sort them by category, I add up the totals, and then I update my profit and loss statement. This gives me a financial snapshot of my business. It lets me know where I stand financially month to month with my business. And it's just a smart way to stay ahead of the game. If you're just putting everything in a box until the end of the year and then giving everything to your CPA, you don't really know where your business stands and you have a responsibility as a business owner to be a good steward of your business finances. Following the advice I'm sharing with you now, 
that can help make you proactive in the game. And here's one more thing. It's your responsibility to be able to prove to the IRS that your business is a business and it's not a hobby. What the IRS is looking for, and I got this right off their website. I'm just going to read this to you. In making the distinction between a hobby or business activity, take into account all the facts and circumstances with respect to the activity. A hobby activity is an activity not done for profit. This includes activities done mainly for sport, recreation, or pleasure. No one factor alone is decisive. You must generally consider these factors in determining whether an activity is a business engaged in making a profit. Whether you carry on the activity in a business-like manner and maintain complete and accurate books and records. Whether you have personal motives in carrying on the activity. Whether the time and effort you put into the activity indicate you intend to make it profitable. Whether you depend on income from the activity for your livelihood. Whether your losses are due to circumstances beyond your control or in the normal startup phase of your type of business. Whether you or your advisors have the knowledge needed to carry on the activity as a successful business whether you were successful in making a profit in similar activities in the past, whether the activity makes a profit in some years and how much profit it makes, whether you can expect to make a future profit from the appreciation of the assets used in the activity. This is what I had someone tell me once. What you want to do is you want to get a day planner and every day you want to write down in your day planner what you did to grow or work on your business that day. Also, if you're doing this as a business, you should commit at least an hour or two a day to your business, five to six days a week. If you're just working like 30 minutes a month, that's not a business. That's a hobby. So you want to have set business hours. You want to work your business at least a little bit each day. You want to keep track in your day planner of what you did that day to move your business forward. And you want to work as hard as you can to make it into a profitable business. If you're doing that, you should be good to go, but talk with your CPA. The last thing I want is for anybody to get in trouble. In conclusion, these are some of the most common MLM business expenses that I know of. There might be a few more out there that I missed, but this would be a good head start. What I suggest you do, go to Google, type in Schedule C 1040 and print off that form. That's going to give you a list of the most common categories that people have for small businesses for tax deductions. That's basically the IRS way of saying these are the most approved expense categories that we have. Of course, you may have a few that fall under the miscellaneous category. I do as well. But most of the things we covered today, they're already broken down into each category on that form. And that's the actual form that either you or your accountant or TurboTax is going to fill out when you calculate your business profit or loss at the end of the year. So now you know, and knowledge is power. Make sure you go and get a good CPA, get a good, get a good bookkeeper. Even if they don't actually do your taxes, let them be your advisor. Ask them all of your questions so that you can get organized and you can have 100% clarity on what you can and can't deduct in your business. Do that. You'll be good to go. With that, everybody, I appreciate you listening to today's training. I hope you got some value out of this. Listen to this a few times if you need to. If you'd like to learn more about me, you can go to my website, onlinemlmcommunity.com. That's onlinemlmcommunity.com. We have thousands of articles about different network marketing topics. You can also learn more about my business by going to startafundbiz.com. That's startafundbiz.com. I appreciate you listening. I hope you have a great day, and I'll see you at the top. Take care.